Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Great show today. We are going to talk about the women's championship game. We have to talk about it. Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese. It's, it's polarizing. We know it. So we're going to have to talk about that. I got some thoughts on this one, but the Timberwolves. They lost to the Portland Trailblazers. That was one of the games I picked on KFan Radio that I said, this is a for sure win. The Portland Trailblazers have put Dame Lillard to rest. This is an easy one. And they collapsed. We got to talk about that next coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everyone, it's Monday morning, and everybody is up talking about Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, LSU, Iowa. Caitlin Clark, I will say this. She did something to Minnesota that I never thought anybody would do, but we'll talk about that in the second segment. Starting off, we have to talk about this Timberwolves team. We have to because they should be in a position right now to win at least four to five games, I thought. I thought, and the Portland Trail Blazers were one of them because Damian Lillard, he put it all to rest and said, I'm done for the season. I'm going into the booth. I'm about to drop another hot track. And they lost. They lost to the Trail Blazers, who probably don't even care right now. Now, the players themselves, they're going to win this game. Like, they're going to go play as hard as they can. They're not going to tank ever. They're going to go play. But as a whole, the organization at this point just doesn't care. And the Timberwolves could not find a way to put it together. The Lakers, we talked about that. So we'll talk about the Lakers' correlation to this Trailblazers game. And is this a sign for the rest of the season? Because if so, it's going to be an early exit in the play-in game. But this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. And we know those parlays are done with the uh, women's Final Four. But you still have the men's championship game, and we'll talk about that in the Daily 3. But before I bring uh, my producer, Sam Extra Man, remember, you can download Amazon Fire and the Roku app. You can download Locked On Sports Minnesota right there on the app. Get all your videos, all your shows right there on your TV. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota right there on your Amazon Fire or your Roku device, and we'll be right there with you. Well, as I bring Sam Extra to the show, Sam. The Minnesota Timberwolves are a team to me that I felt like on paper. I, I called them early on. I call them paper champions because when you put their numbers up, you got Rudy Gobert, you got Carl Anthony Towns, best big man shooter in the game. You got Anthony Edwards. I think one of the most dynamic two guards in the game, uh, strong can shoot bouncy, uh, aggressive, explosive. So has the ability, in my opinion, to take on, Guys that are 6'7", 6'8", also guys that are 6'1", 6'2". He's kind of the best of both worlds at that 6'5". He, he's the combo guard. He can bring the ball up the court. So he gives you that combo guard type of body where if you need to go go with a, a, a bigger set, or sorry, smaller set, he can transition into your three. If you're going with a normal set, he can be your two. And if he needs to bring the ball up the court, he can do that as well. But when they get on the court, paper doesn't matter. 
It's about who's going to play, who's going to show up. And that's the one thing about this Trailblazers team that I thought without Damian Lillard, I would have I would have went on FanDuel and easily took the money line for the Timberwolves. I would have easily said, I think, what were they, a 17-point favorite? 17, 18. It was one of the biggest spreads of all time. Um, And, like, I, I just, when, when I, and I don't know, maybe it's a sucker bet. Maybe it was a sucker bet. Vegas was like, you know what, let's give the Timberwolves a huge line so people would automatically either go with the Timberwolves or they'll they'll save Trailblazers cover. There's no way they lose by 17 and then hope that the Trailblazers get blown out because Dame Litter's not there. I mean, there are so many, and maybe that's the factor. Maybe that's what they were thinking. Like, look, there's no way the Trailblazers will not cover. So let's let's do this and let's see if we can get some sucker bets to cover. Because uh, if you just pick the Timberwolves to win even, if you're like, hey, I don't want the points. I just want to go eat. You know, I just want to, I just want to get money and I'm going to pick Timberwolves to win. Uh, I don't care about the money line. I mean, I don't care about the uh, spread. You still would have lost. Like, I, like, I don't, I don't get that. And that, and that's, that's what is annoying to me about basketball sometimes and that's sports in general, but basketball, because if one or two guys who you need to show up, don't show up and the rest of the team starts to feed off of it. And, and I'll get your thoughts on this, Sam, the Lakers game. We talked to Gabe Henderson. He said it was very lackluster. It said the energy wasn't there. We John Krasinski uh, is saying that uh, there was a flu or sickness going around. So maybe it's still residuals. Because we know like when you're sick, it doesn't just go away. Like you get sick and then as you start to fight it, your body is still tired. You're exhausted. You're trying to fight this sickness. So maybe that's part of it. But down the stretch right now, if you're trying to really make sure you stay in this play, which I mean, honestly, I don't see them dropping to 11. I mean, unless just all heck has to break loose. Uh, but even at nine or 10, now you're on the road twice and you have to, especially if you're at 10, you're on the road twice. You got to beat the nine and then you got to beat whoever ends up in the, you know, whoever loses the seven, eight game just to get back into the playoffs is eight. That's a lot. And, and, and honestly, I feel like if they end up at 10, they're, they're done. Like, I think they're going to be out two games on the road. I just don't know the way this team is acting right now. I don't feel like they could get through that. That's a lot emotionally to get through just to end up at eight and play the nuggets. And then you got to deal with Jokic. Like the Joker is, I mean, they're playing great. I mean, I hate to say it. When I saw that team, I'm like, they don't feel like a number one to me. But then you watch them, they're playing good basketball. They're coached well, they're fundamentally sound, and they're going through the big man every time. And he can actually deliver, shoot. He doesn't, you know, like nothing against it. He doesn't go to the ref and whine every time. So that's just my opinion on that, Sam. I just I don't know what's going on with the Wolves, but it does the word collapse just does come to mind. Um, a lot of somber tweets about the tw- Timberwolves, like mm-hmm. uh, people are licking their wounds, just kind of saying, "Oh, well, the Wilder, the Wilder, still number one." I mean, it's, it's just it's almost like people are ready to be done and move on to 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 be, to, bas- to baseball. Sorry, in hockey playoffs, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? This Wolves team keeps burning us. Uh, nobody fluctuates between contender and fraud. More often than the Timberwolves. We were here a week ago, Ron, talking about the path to the Western Finals, how they're yep. going to be a six seed and play the Kings and then take down the Grizzlies. And, and now we're wondering if they're even going to have a first-round series. I think the flu had something to do with it. It seems like everybody got it. And Krasinski you know, tweeting that Anthony Edwards was laying down in the tunnel when he was on the bench. And right. um, they're, they're trying to play through it right now. Still does not excuse losing to that Portland team that is in full tank mode. 
Um, the Timberwolves have done this way too often this year, Ron. If they could have just taken care of business against the Charlottes, the San Antonios, the Houstons, the Detroits, mm -hmm. the Portlands, they could have 50 wins. But now they don't even have 40 because right. they can't beat the worst teams in the league. That's been right. their, their issue all season long. They played down to their competition. Coaching issue, uh, Anthony Edwards issue, you're, there, there's some there's a disconnect for some reason they can't get ready to play for every game um right. and that's frustrating that's really frustrating yeah because where it stands right now i mean there is a chance they could end up at 11 i mean i hate to say it you got you got the mavericks um who are at 11 right now and, it, and that's a team that people are scared of that could end up in the playoffs because i i truly believe because the mavericks are one game behind the thunder if the mavericks end up at 10 lights out like i think the mavericks can beat the nuggets I think the Lakers could beat the Nuggets um, in a seven-game series, and that's just me. Maybe And maybe I'm too starstruck with Kyrie and Luka and LeBron and AD, um, but when you just watch those teams play, uh, and Kyrie brought this up, Luka's the one that really brought it up because he was just pissed off and upset that they're in every single game, they're scoring a ton of points, and then at the end, they lose. Like every single Mavericks game, if you, if you, if you watch the highlights, and I'm more of a highlight guy, uh, but – you know, they just lost to the Hawks in OT, 30 to 32, 30 or sorry, 130 to 132. Like, that's the stuff that they're talking about. Like, you are winning. And then in the fourth quarter, you make that comeback. And all of a sudden, you have to go to OT and then you lose by two. Like, that's that's where the Mavericks, a team like the Mavericks, they truly feel like if we're in this, we have a chance. Like the Heat, they lost by seven. You know, the 76ers, they lost. The Pacers, they blew them out 104 to 127. The Hornets, a team we say the Timberwolves should be able to beat. They lost to them by six. You know, it's it's a lot of those games. You know, they lost to the Grizzlies by four, where Luca's like, you know, they lost, they they beat the Lakers by one. So, you know, it's like they're right in there with that Lakers caliber of team that you give them a chip chair and a chance and they're dangerous. Like that's what poker is about. And that's a team I would not want to play poker against because they will push everything to the middle of the table when it's all, when it's time. And that's when the plan is time. I just don't feel like, like with these three games left for the Timberwolves, I don't know if they have enough chips to push to the middle and really be scary. Like they push to the middle. Those chips could get taken because like you said, Anthony Edwards is laying down in the tunnel. He's tired. So and, and this is the other problem. I would say, hey, rest him for the playoffs. Get him ready. You know, give him three days, three three games off. Let him rest. But you can't. You can't because you're one game ahead of ten, and you're two games ahead of eleven with three to go. And that's the problem. Like the Jazz, I don't think they care to to keep going. But the Mavericks, the best thing for the Timberwolves right now is the Mavericks have to play the Kings. They play the Kings Wednesday. And the Kings are going to most likely beat them unless Luka comes out of nowhere. They also play the Bulls. The Bulls will most likely beat them. Now, the Spurs, who knows there, but I'm guessing the Spurs will lose to the Mavs. But the Bulls and the Kings can help the Timberwolves out and keep them down at 11. And I think that's that's the saving grace. Because if even if you end up at 10, you still have a chance. But if you go to 11, you're out. And so I think that's the – I mean, again, you don't want to play – I hate playing that game because people always, oh, well, if they lose, then we're good – like you don't want you you can control your own destiny right now and win three and probably end up back at eight and at least host one home game where if you have to play the Lakers because Lakers have jumped to seven now they were nine at one point ten now they're jumping to seven if you play the Lakers to try to get the seventh seed and you don't get it and you then you at least can host 
the last playing game for the AC with the winner of um if it again if it's the Pelicans drop below you it's the Pelicans thunder and that's that's the best case scenario to be able to host that last playing game to hold on to the eighth spot to play the Nuggets and then the Lakers could do everybody a favor and beat the Grizzlies because that's one where mentally mentally I feel like LeBron could overtake John the Grizzlies like I feel like LeBron and AD and now you have D'Angelo Russell now you do have a guy in D'Angelo Russell who's went at Ja, who's played against Ja, and gave them heck when the when when and when and again the, the Lakers probably are like man I wish we had kept Pat Bev because Pat Bev and D'Lo were the two guys that kind of pissed off the Grizzlies and you know we got rid of Pat Bev and sent him to the Bulls but you know if you think about D'Lo and what he did against the 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 uh Grizzlies he had a great, you know, he was playing pretty decent throughout that series. So the Timberwolves, though, I mean, like I said, you can blame it on sickness, Sam. You can figure it out, but they have three games left. And this is this is for their season. This is like a mini playoff run, three games left. They're, they're The good thing, too, again, they're playing some teams that don't really, you know, want to be in this. They're going to play some teams, you know, they play the Nets, they play the Spurs. And, you know, again, those are two teams that, really don't care right now and then they do play the pelicans though and that's that's one that they could decide their own fate that's almost the play in within the play in like they could play the pelicans and then turn around and play the pelicans again at some point so yep. spurs nets they don't really care because those three i thought they would have got i thought they would get trailblazers nets spurs that's what i said yesterday we were we were on um pelicans that's the one but i don't know sam what, what are your thoughts when you look at that you got the nets mm-hmm. spurs pelicans um can they win two out of three in your opinion yeah. Um, well, the or wolves can they have, win all three? Can they win all? Three? I don't know. <laughs> the wolves have strangely become a really terrible home team. They've been a lot pluckier on the road, so maybe going on the road is the best thing for them. Maybe going to play uh, Brooklyn, San Antonio on the road, get away from home, get away from whatever the the bad mojo is here. Maybe the guys get healthier and they get back on track. That that's been the story. Like as many times as they have sort of let us down. They always find a way to reel us back in. So maybe this is the time they reel us back in. I am looking at this for the Pelicans, though. If you want to get that eight seed and have a chance to play the Lakers for the seven, uh, the Pelicans play the Kings, tough game. Grizzlies, tough game. Knicks, tough game. And then it finishes against the Timberwolves. So Minnesota could have a chance on the final day of the season to beat the Pelicans and move up into the eight or maybe the seven, depending on where the Lakers are at. But keep an eye on those Pelicans because that's the team right now that they're chasing most. Yeah, Sam, I mean, you're right. It's That's what I'm looking forward to, to seeing down the stretch. The Pelicans, they have a tough one. I think everybody has a tough one except the Timberwolves. But we'll see what the – I mean, because anything right now, it feels like it's tough for the Timberwolves. So, <laughs> But remember, people, Locked On Sports is a par partner with Care 11. Uh, check out care11.com backslash locked on for links to every one of our Locked On shows. And coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk about the Final Four, men's and women's. There's a lot going on on the men's side. Was it too boring? Is the NIL taking over? Is the transfer portal ruining college basketball? And and when I say ruin, that's what the world is saying. I'd say leveling the playing field. We'll talk about that. And then also Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese. It's been sensational, but I do have a, a little bit of a thought about that one. Maybe I'll hit that in the Daily Three but we have a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book. And as the NBA playoffs approach, the play-in tournament approaches, it's a great time to get in the action at FanDuel and claim your no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download the FanDuel app. It's safe. It's secure. It is very easy to use, and there's hundreds of ways to bet. Money lines, point totals, spreads, three-pointers made. You can stack your bets up for a same-game parlay and a chance at big payouts. So much good basketball action coming up. And, hey, the national championship is tonight as well. UConn and San Diego State. UConn favored. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel.com slash locked on to find out more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, Sam, as we talked about it, the final four men's and women's men's championship tonight. I still am not a fan of Monday night championships. Uh, some people are like, oh, well, you know, Sunday you, you can't stay up and party anyway. And you got to you got to go to work the next day. So what's the difference in a Monday? I'm like, well, Monday, I feel like life happens. Like you got work, you got kids stuff, you got school, you got homework. Like to me, a Monday, just that's just me, though. But also, too, if you want to say you want to be at the turn the championship. You're now having to miss a full day of work Monday versus I go Sunday and then maybe I fly back Sunday night or I fly back Monday morning and I can still get my Monday out the way. That's just me, though. I just mm-hmm. feel like this Monday is weird. It takes an extra day away from families because uh, that's just the assumption that everybody can just miss a Monday of work to support their kid and be at their kid's championship game. But again, that's that's neither here nor there. That's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about the men's championship game. Um, and let's start there. And we're going to talk women's as well. But I'm going to start with the men's. Here's the thing with the men's championship to me. And I'm seeing a lot of tweets about this. Uh, I saw Ryan Clark tweet about it. Ryan Clark from ESPN, friend of the show. He tweeted that the women's final four, I know more names and, and players than I do in the men's. Now, one, you have to look at your source. Ryan Clark went to LSU. So, of course, he's going to know more LSU names. But when I started doing the math, even with the Elite Eight, you know, Haley Van Lith at Louisville, I'm like, I thought about the men's. I'm like, I don't know a lot of these men's names. Like, I don't know. Like, we there wasn't like a, you know, like you, you look back to the days of like, again, Fab Five. You got Kentucky when they had their great runs. You got the Dukies with Tyus and Okafor and some of those names that would pop up. You got NC with, uh, with uh, what's his name, Baycock. You know, you, you got big names at some of these Blue Bloods, Kansas. You know, the names you're hearing, the, the guys that can shoot. When you look at FAU, San Diego State, you I mean, I, I guarantee you can sit down with a lot of ESPN, uh, CBS, NBC, everybody. Like, you can sit there and, and ask right away, like, and this is like, don't give them time to study. Who, who Who's some of the players on FAU? They, they're not going to be able to give you a name right off the bat. You know, same with San Diego State. Like, you might be able to say one name maybe because you heard some stories about transferring and other stuff. But you don't know. Like, I knew more about Steve Fisher's son, who's suffering from ALS, um, who was under Steve Fisher, former Michigan coach, who's at Saint, uh, San Diego State, uh, which if you haven't heard that story, people go go read it. It's it's a, it's really heartwarming. It, it's sad as well. But um, his son was on his staff when he was coaching at San Diego State. He stayed along with the new staff, um, but he is suffering from ALS, and he's now, you know, no movement in his arms and legs. Um, and he, but still finds a way to coach. Like they found a machine that can still help him coach, get, you know, convey the message that he's trying to get to the players and so on and so forth. Um, and so those players are playing for something different. Like, I, I feel like it, that's almost destiny. Like the, the, the way that whole ending happened with the big shot, that's like destiny. Like that's one of those things where you, you then you're going to hear this story talked about today, probably with Steve Fisher's son 
because Steve Fisher, you know, goes to the games because he he retired. Actually, they said to uh, take care of his son when he found out his son ALS. He's like, look, I'm gonna, I'm done. I wanna, I wanna be there to take care of my son. And, and one of the, the 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 best moments reading about Steve Fisher said, you know, he would be at his son's house to help, you know, get the kids to bed, help whatever, you know, help get his son to bed. You know, has no use of his legs and arms. And he said um, every day, and I and I'm actually I want to do this, like because you know my wife went through breast cancer, and I want to I, I want to start. My wife does this every once in a while, but I want to make sure we're doing this more maybe with our kids. Um, but he said their family every night says, what are we thankful for? Or what, 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 what are we happy about today? Because he said, there's a lot we could complain about dad, you know, is dying. Like this is a disease they don't have an answer for. So it's terminal right now, at least. Um, and you know, no use of his legs and arms. Eventually the muscles in his throat give out and he can't breathe. And so they don't want to focus on that. They focus on the positives every night. Like what was something good today? And Steve Fisher said, he sits back and he's in awe. Um, that they don't complain. And so I think that's cool. Like that's cool to me um, for Steve Fisher to find grace, you know, God's goodness in this whole process of his son's dying from ALS. And that's what he sees. He sees it in the kids and the wife and how they're handling it. Uh, his son got married early and had a kid early because he, when he was diagnosed with ALS, he's like, he knew this was coming. He wanted to be able to walk down the aisle. Uh, he wanted to be able to see and have kids. Um, that was, that was part of the, the reason why he got married so quick. They said, cause he, as soon as he got diagnosed, he's like, look, I, I know you're the one, uh, I don't want, I don't have time. And I think when a lot of, if people were faced, uh, somebody else told me that too, which I hate this saying, but they're like, basically I'm not gonna use the way they say it, but they're like, look, if you're going to die, uh, what's something you would do? Or if you had, if you knew life or death, what's the decision you would make right now? Like, what would you do? And I kind of like that. Cause it's like, sometimes we don't make decisions cause we think we have time. You know, we don't choose things because we think we have time. Um, but that's just one side of what San Diego State. Sorry to go on about that. It had nothing to do with the game. But, you know, that's one side of what San Diego State. And that's what I took away from the Final Four. I'm taking away more of the stories than the actual game. Miami. You got Miami on the other side. And you got UConn, who's a blue blood. Miami's storyline was NIL. 800,000 to one player, 100,000 to another player. So that's, I don't even really know those players' names, but I know they got $900,000 between two players to uh, come to Miami. Um, you, you look at UConn, though, that's the true blue blood. But do we know their names per se? Yes and no. But with women, we knew Angel Reese's name. We knew Caitlin Clark's name. We knew Haley Van Lift's name. We knew about the South Carolina Gamecocks and Don Staley. We knew about Kim Mulkey. <laughs> like, I feel like the women's coaches were, were, were higher and bigger than the men's coaches. You know what I mean? Like it was, it, 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 so I, I do agree with Ryan Clark in that. Like it did feel that way with the final four. And so NIL changed the scope of it. Transfer portal for sure. Cause players aren't sticking around for three, four years to even get to know their names. Um, you know, now, now for those out there that know the story, I'm not going to let you tell me like, Oh, Ron, you're forgetting Angel Reese transfer. Yeah, she did transfer from Maryland. Uh, she was the number two player in the country. For those that didn't know that she was the number two high school player in the country, went to Maryland, but broke her ankle. And so when she broke her ankle. They cut her, you know, which is dirty. They kind of cut her. They cut down her, like they kind of like put her off to the side. And then she did stick around and, and earn her way back um, because she was healthy, but she wasn't getting the time and minutes she thought she should be getting. So she transferred. And when she transferred, this is how I know sometimes it's not the right situation. When she said she was transferring, she got called by South Carolina, LSU, uh, and one other like of the like it was one other team like in the final like elite eight like it was like louisville maybe it was like lsu louisville yeah. south carolina oh tennessee sorry tennessee was the other one she got called by all the greats 
like all the greats reached out to her in the transfer portal. And so then she got to pick, you know, she got to pick the best one. And she, you know, she could have picked South Carolina. She could have picked South Carolina and went and won. She would have won a national championship with them probably. But she she picked LSU, and now she gets to win herself a national championship. And Maryland is good, too. Let's not forget that. Maryland is a good team as well. Like, Maryland is really good. They just didn't do her right. They did her dirty. And so she's like, look, I'm I'm out of here. Um, but when you think about the women's, the names do. The names and the coaches there, they were a little bit more sensational. Caitlin Clark made this tournament great. The women's tournament, in my opinion, was way more exciting than the men's. When you look at Haley Van Lith and what the game she's put up, you look at Angel Reese and the things LSU did. Um and then you look at Caitlin Clark, you know, shooting deep threes. She she was the Steph Curry of the tournament. Like she 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 was Diana Taurasi. She was Paige Beckers. Like she she did it all. And uh, so I truly do believe. Like in my opinion, maybe that is partly portal. Maybe that is partly nil. Um, but that was kind of my takeaway from the two. Like you just it, it, the women's had way more. Even the you can't see me. And we'll talk about that in the daily three. But the you can't see me from Haley Van or so for from Caitlin Clark to Haley Van Lith. John Cena jumped aboard, and then. Um, Angel Reese did it back to her. And the reason for it, one, she was a little bit upset that Caitlin Clark waved off her friend in the game. You know, like everybody knows that it hit national news. She she saw her up there. She's like, I'm not going to guard her. And she left her up there. Now, one, she didn't have to wave her off like that. She could have just stayed and played defense. Well, she no, she did. Like somebody was like, oh, she did that by mistake. She didn't do that by mistake. She was like, girl, go ahead and shoot that, which is fine. Who cares? Like I, I do that to the people do that in the gym all the time. Men do it in men's game all the time. Like, dude, he's self-check. Let him shoot. Shoot the ball. How dare you shoot it? There's nothing wrong with that. Like we're making big news out of this because it's women's sports and we're not dialed in as much. And then when we are like Caitlin Clark, we're like, whoa, I didn't know this happens in women's sports. Whoa. I didn't know this goes on. Yes. Haley Van Lith is the biggest trash talker in college basketball. That's why Caitlin Clark did it to her because she knows she just yaps because the game before that Haley Van Lith got into it with a girl from, I think, Texas or something or, or somebody. I forgot who it was, but they got into it. And she told her, yeah, have fun in Miami. Get out of my face. Down the handshake line. Like, Haley Van Lith is known for that. So Haley Van Lith does that. Then Caitlin Clark does this. And then Angel Reese does it back. Like, it's 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 the butterfly effect. If Haley Van Lith doesn't do that to that girl, Caitlin Clark buzzed, probably doesn't do that to Haley Van Lith. And then Angel Reese probably doesn't get a chance to do that to Caitlin Clark. It's, it's all a butterfly effect. And that's the problem with this is people are making too big of it. But again, the women's had more moments like that. Like, San Diego State. Their one shining moment is going to be that, like, we're going to, if they win, if they beat UConn, we're going to see that last minute drive down the court, step, shoot, blah, blah, whatever the one shining moment is. But, but I don't know, Sam, what, what was your takeaway from the final four of men's and women's? Well, I just think that it's, it's cool that we get to learn who all the, these women's players are, and then they're going to come back. Yep. Like, Caitlin Clark is going to come back and play again next year, and all eyes are going to be on her. Whereas in the men's tournament, if you see a player of that caliber, odds are they're either going pro or they're switching teams. Like, that just seems to be the culture now, right? If if you have any measure of success, unless you're already at a Duke or an, a UNC or you're at the pinnacle already, if there's room for you to elevate and get, go play for a better program or a better conference for a better coach, most guys are taking that opportunity and then you lose track of them. Right. You say, Oh, I, I, I got to know them during the tournament last year and they're gone. Mm -hmm. And that, and that's a little bit frustrating. And that's why I don't think there's much star power in the men's side to really carry things. San Diego state Ron has one double figure scorer. And I, I'd give you three guesses. I don't know if you could come up with the guy's name. 
I didn't know it until I looked it up. Uh, the last shot and, guy? No, not him. Oh, sorry. No, Matt okay. Bradley is the guy. And Connecticut's got Adama Sonogo. Yep. Great player. I, yep, yep, I watched but, that. But a lot, of, a lot of people don't know who that is. Like, no. Not a household name, certainly. So I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that there's been a, a real dynamic quality of this women's tournament. Mm-hmm. Why'd they play the game in the afternoon? Like, why did they not put that game in prime? That was kind yeah, of yeah. That was weird step, to I me think. too. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah because we were we were actually practicing softball. My daughter um, and my wife was like watching, you know, yelling off the score as we're pra- and I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, why are they playing right now? It's like three, four o'clock, and yeah. So they, even that, like the men, like that's one thing. Like, if the men played at three o'clock today, people would be so upset. They play at like seven or eight o'clock tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't the women play at eight o'clock on Sunday night? Like, I yeah. It's just it 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 if because uh, I saw um, what's her name Holly Rowe and she tweeted like the picture of the LSU people outside watching the game and she said you know if you build it they'll come if you show it they'll watch. I agree. I do believe that. Like I believe if you put enough of good game and that's the problem though, it has to be good games. But I also say this this, this is and, and again, this might be the wrong take, but I see a ton of college baseball being put on TV, and some of these games are extremely boring. Um, I'm not a baseball guy, so maybe that's part of it. I quit baseball in, a, in my sophomore year in high school. Uh, I had enough of it. I was kind of played it all my life growing up. My dad was a was a player um, baseball. He he actually was a better baseball player than he was football. Um, but he grew up in the '70s, and so I mean, you know the stories in the '70s. Baseball and African Americans just weren't just weren't seen. You know, weren't seem to be on the same side you know it didn't seem like it would fit always um it was small i mean mean, we can go all the way back to jackie robinson though it was all we we know the whole story of of baseball and the pastime and the 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 way people looked at it so a kid coming out of detroit baseball played catcher you know and he was six feet 200 210 pounds as a catcher that's that's a big catcher uh in any league like you know like he lost weight when he started playing db and got down to like 195 but for a baseball season, he was he balked up. I think I don't know if he was on steroids. That was pre probably steroids for high school kids. I don't think they were taking steroids. But you know, he's a six foot, two hundred and ten pound catcher. So when you think about that, when you think about uh, baseball and how that gets on TV, and then you look at like rugby every once in a while, or not rugby, sorry, uh, lacrosse ends up on TV. College basketball, women's college basketball, and and again, I'm not saying WNBA because I feel like the WNBA still has to 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 start building these names and putting these rosters together and they're trying this year you can see like new york loading up uh you can see the aces with kelsey plum you got to put those stars on tv the problem is like sue bird diana tarasi all these greats are getting old like they're done you know rebecca lobo the names we remember and so now they got to start building up these newer names um but we're not seeing it you know but college basketball again caitlin clark you know her and Paige Be- and hopefully Paige beckers gets back next year um Caitlin Clark and Paige Beckers, that's what people want to see. You know, even the fact now that Minnesota, like, I'm pretty sure Minnesota versus Iowa women's basketball probably just sold out tickets already. Like, people are already like, okay, I got to see Iowa when they come to Minnesota. Probably all the Iowa fans, honestly. <laughs> they traveled. They do travel. I mean, I I was one. I, I think I tweeted that out. Like, I'm looking forward to going to the barn, taking my kids down to see. Because and, and I hate to say this. Lindsey Whalen used to always invite us and say, hey, when you get a chance. And, and the problem, too, though, in winter is my kids' sports, volleyball and all that stuff. In, in school, like, it's just trying to find a day to go to some of this stuff. But I never really went. And now I'm going to try to go for sure um, with, you know, to see Caitlin Clark, like to go watch Iowa versus Minnesota in the barn. Like I'm looking forward to that. So 
that that's going to be, I think the next step for this is like building it. The NIL, you see how much money Caitlin Clark's getting now. Uh, you saw how much money Paige Becker's got. Um, they're going to have to continue to build this. And, and same with LSU, you know, those girls at South Carolina, like their NILs and their, their stuff, these coaches, Dawn Staley, they have to keep building it and keeping it. And honestly, the, the, the arguments are part of it. Like the pettiness off the court, the Twitter beef, like we love the Twitter beef between NBA, but then we hate it with girls doing it. Like when girls argue or say stuff or, or, Hey, I'm, I got something for her. They're mad at it. But when like Pat Bev talked about getting back at LeBron for days and we ate it up. But then this girl says, oh, I've been waiting to get to Caitlin Clark. Oh, it's premeditated. I can't believe that. That's stupid. It's so premeditated. Like if it was a, a legit celebration, but she was pre. A lot of celebrations are premeditated. A lot of arguments like Austin Reeves. When Pat Bev did that to Jordan, Austin Reeves, his was premeditated. Because he's like, you know, oh, oh, you did this to LeBron. Oh, I got you. Okay. And he his wasn't even a big man moment. He just shot a shot over him and then did the little man thing. Because he's like, you did that to LeBron. I'm going to do it back to you. And we ate it up. But. We got to move on to the Daily 3. That's three questions, three minutes each. Got some hot topics coming up in the Daily 3, so I'm looking forward to that. But remember, you can check out the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wilder, Wolves game, our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. And also, wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple, iHeart, uh, the free iHeart app. Wherever you get them, make sure you subscribe and follow. You can go to the iHeart app, search Locked On Sports Minnesota, just hit follow. So whenever you're in your iHeart app, you'll, our, our podcast will pop up. You can just listen to it on the treadmill, whatever, get some quick sports. And we have a word from our sponsors. Well, we just finished up the month of March, which means that there's going to be a winner at BuiltMarchMadness.com. Somebody got a 12-month subscription of Built to have delivered to their door, and 50 Lucky Lockdown listeners got a free box of Built. Uh, people voted all through the month of, month of March at BuiltMarchMadness.com for their favorite bars and puffs, and there are so many options to vote for. You've got these delicious flavors, all 100% real chocolate, low uh, sugar, low calories, high protein in the best protein bars in the entire universe. They are so good, you won't even believe that they're good for you. Hopefully you voted at Mar- BuiltMarchMadness.com. And hopefully you picked up a box or two while you were there. Well, it's time for the Daily Three. Sam gets to run the show. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away. All right, Ron. Let's get your Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese opinion. The the LSU-Iowa National Championship game. LSU wins the championship. Angel Reese, let Caitlin Clark know about it. Uh, A lot of people were critical of Angel Reese, but Caitlin Clark had made the same gesture in a previous game. So what's your take on the whole fiasco? Well, first off, you know, Haley Van Lith started this. She was super disrespectful in the in the handshake line. I don't know who they lost to or beat. It was Bowling Green, maybe or Texas or somebody. I got to go back and look at that. But she got into it with a girl and said, yeah, have fun in Miami or something like that. And then you go back to the fast forward to Caitlin Clark. because, And then uh, th- I think this is the Elite Eight. Caitlin Clark in the Elite Eight beats Louisville. As she's walking to her bench, she looks over at Haley Van Lith, hits her with the, you can't see me. Fast forward that. Then you go to... The the uh, Iowa South Carolina game in the Final Four. Caitlin Clark does the sh- like, girl, go ahead and shoot it. At that point, LSU was there because it's the Final Four because LSU's playing in the same building. They saw that they felt that, or at least Angel Reese felt that that was disrespectful to her homegirl that played for South Carolina. She's like, man, you ain't got to be disrespectful. You you don't got to guard her, but that's a little bit disrespectful. So in her mind, she's like, look, I'm gonna get my get back. 
If we win, I got something for you. And so at one point in the game, she hits her with it, moves on. Now she could have stopped there. And that's the that's where everybody's at arms about. She then, at the end of the game, total 10 seconds, because I counted. She starts walking. And, and technically, 10 seconds wasn't even the you see me. The, the actual you see me was about three to five seconds. She follows her to make sure she sees her. She hits her with the you see me just to make sure she, she gets to say, yo, yo, yo. And she hits her with it. And then she does the I'm getting my ring. That's what people say. She's is not, is not sportsmanlike. It's not sportsman. But you got people calling her an a-hole. You got people calling her an idiot. And these are grown men. Grown men on Twitter. Grown with big time jobs. Talking about Danny Cannell. Talking about Kevin Overman. Big time jobs. And you're calling a, a girl, a 20 year old, 21 year old girl woman. An idiot, a son of a bee, uh, a uh, whatever, a classless piece of S-H-I-T, and you think that's okay. First of all, it's a woman. So, like, that, I got a problem with that. I have a complete problem with that. You can't, you, you can't just call a woman, especially, especially, and again, I'm not, I don't want to make this about race, but a white man calling a black woman a classless piece of, come on now. Like, what are we doing? That, to me, just goes too far. And so here's where I go with this. Could she have could she have probably stayed away from that? But they have been doing the ring thing. All, if you remember, like Elite Eight, the one girl drew a ring on her finger saying, hey, our ring's coming. So that was their thing. The ring thing had been LSU's thing that they were going to get their ring finally. She didn't need to do it to her. She, she did the you see me already. After the game, I personally say, leave it alone. You already beat her. Don't kick her. Don't kick anybody while they're down. But if you're going to be a trash talker like Haley Van Lith, you're gonna be a trash talker you got to be able to take it Haley Van Lith is a big time trash talker that's why Caitlin Clark did that to her and that's why she just took it and walked off the court Caitlin Clark also that's why she walked off the court because she knew she's like look y'all beat me fine I can't say anything I'm gonna walk off the court because people are like oh she was raised right because she didn't respond like what was she gonna do like what was she really gonna do like that's not I mean not to say it should be a fight like she's not gonna fight them like come on like stop that like what are we doing here the point is, is men do this all the time. Pat Bev talking LeBron. Uh, you got Austin Reeves followed up with Pat Bev. Men do it all the time. Men trash talk. You're too little. You do this. Bah, you know, arms and celebrate. Girls say it all the time. If I block a shot and I show emotion, it's a tech. If a guy blocks a shot and he yells into the crowd, it's celebrated. It's true. Men's and women's sports, we have to change that narrative. We have to stop expecting uh, women's sports be a little bit different than men's sports. And and that's the reality. That's the harsh reality we live in. This is getting blown up. And it's, and it, it's like this has become another polarizing topic. Some people are celebrating it. I have no problem with it. Some people, oh, she shouldn't have done that. Like, why she got to follow for 10 seconds? Why is there a rule? Like, if you punch somebody and then somebody punches you back twice, you can't say, hey, I only hit you once. You can't hit me twice. You're in a fight. You can't decide what my retaliation is. There's no rules around the retail. Like if you do something to me and I do something back to you, you can't pick and choose. So that's my thought on it. Like you one, she, did she go too far? Maybe, but who cares? You can't call her a classless piece of crap and all this other stuff. Like, come on, man. Like some people went way too far. Uh, other than that, it was a great game. Um, Caitlin Clark did her thing. 30 points. Angel Reeves. And is the Angel Reese. People are de- forgetting the other side of this. She had 15 points. She had 10 boards. She had zero turnovers. Caitlin Clark has six. Like she, she went at it. She had three steals. Caitlin Clark had none. Like Angel Reese did her thing. She was the number two player in the country when she came out of high school. Put some respect on it. 
Now, again, she went a little too far, yeah, but the Bayou Barbie, she was emotional in that moment. When she looks back on this maybe a couple years from now, she'll be like, yeah, I might have went too far. But her and Caitlin Clark might end up teammates with the Mystics or something. Who knows? With the Lynx. They might both end up as the Lynx, and we'll love them both. But the one thing I will say about Caitlin Clark, because I'm going to go a little long on this one, because I'm, I'm not going to spend as much time on the Twins, nothing against the Twins. But Caitlin Clark did something that I didn't think any person could ever do in Iowa. She made Minnesotans root for Iowa because I was totally rooting for Caitlin Clark up until the championship game. I didn't, that but championship game, I didn't care. But up through it, I was rooting for Caitlin Clark. I was hoping she beat, you know, South Carolina. I was, I was rooting for. Her. But in the championship, I was like, ah, I don't really care because I was glad she made the championship. But then also, I thought about it like I don't really want to hear Iowa fans for the rest of this year talk about they won a championship. Like I don't want to hear that. So, so I was okay with them losing the championship to LSU. I don't know, Sam. What were your thoughts on that LSU uh, championship game? Yeah. I I would guess that most of the critics of Angel Reese were so Keith Olbermann's a good example. So Olbermann was super critical, comes back this morning and he apologizes and basically says, I didn't know any of the context. Exactly. Um and, and, and you've and you've laid out well in this in this segment what the context is and that there was there was a backstory. There were previous games that led up to that. And I would bet a lot of people that were vocally critical probably didn't know any of the context, probably didn't know the situation. And they see Angel Reese doing that. And yeah, she probably went too far and they call her out on it. Um, and I think that that's, you know, again, people aren't as informed about the women's game as they, as they should be, or, or as informed as they are about the men's game. So right. they just tweet stuff without knowing all the information. I think that's what I saw a lot of people that tuned in for the championship and hadn't seen another game so you just don't know who the the characters are in that kind of saga um i i I didn't see the game i was at a saint thomas uh hockey banquet but (laughs) i from my understanding there was some refereeing controversy people were upset about the the officiating um i can't weigh in on any of that i'm too bad it wasn't a closer game but the uh the the whole build-up to it was great the final four was great in the women's side so it's cool to see that the women's game is getting i think just as much attention as uh, as the men's final four right now. Yeah, I will say to the ref, and Kim Mulkey was on the court twice, uh, but also Coach K used to do that too, and he never got a tech. So, it, hey, it happens. When you're one of the great coaches at the, of the time, you get away with some stuff because the, yeah. the the ref run ran by her and kind of pushed her off the court, like back up. That was her warning. She came on the court again, but she didn't run into a ref. She was like all the way up to half court almost. But Coach Casey does that all the time. Caitlin Clark throws the ball like gets mad about a call, throws the ball like off the court. That's a tech. You got to give the ball back to the – you can't just throw the ball. Like she threw it like sideways, and so it went off the court. So when they saw that, they teed her up. But I don't know. What you got next? Yeah, the Minnesota Twins are 3-0, and Ron. And here's the best part. The first three games of the season were played in 232, 218, and 235. The pitch clock is working. The games are flying by, and the Twins are winning. Uh, what's your takeaway from the opening weekend of baseball? Oh, one, they're undefeated. There's only three undefeated teams left, the Tampa Bay Rays and the uh, Texas Rangers. So, one, let's not celebrate undefeated in the first weekend. Like, let's not. Because that, that's that's Minnesota jinx at its best. Like, literally. They could literally lose the next 10, and we're 3-10, and 10, and everybody's like, oh, my God, season's over. Where's the pitching? Where, why don't we have pitchers? But I do say this. The pitch clock might be working in their favor. When you don't have – like great ace pitchers, 
you kind of even the playing field with speed. Like they're having to play faster. They're having to pitch faster. They, they don't have time to think about the pitch and move the ball around and do all the junk they do. So I'm a fan of it. I'm I, like I'm to the point where I'm looking at games now. Like I don't I'm not going out there in this in this weather, but you know, when it's in the 60s, I'm looking at games like where we can take the kids out and uh, normally we would go for an hour and a half, two hours, and then we leave because we're like, all right, this is too but hey, if I know 212, 230, it's gonna be done. Hey, this is this is I'm like I'm looking forward. Like I'm actually like I, I'm coaching my daughters at you. I'm looking to like reach out to all the parents. Hey, do we want to take all the eight you girls to a to a game? You know, my daughter's club team. Hey, should we take all the girls to a baseball game with the twins? Like 230? I could do that. That three and a half. I mean, I was at a game, I think one time it was three hours and 50 minutes. It was ridiculous. I left after like 310, 320. And I looked on the news the next day. It was like 350. It's just way, it was way too much crap with the pitchers and the batters. And so hopefully this just changes the game. I think it's, I think it's worth it if you're going to get more money and more time and more stuff done. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. My, my thought is, is that if you are on FanDuel and you want to try to have an edge early in the season, I bet the unders, I would, I would look at every game, yeah. bet the under and see if you come out on top because I'm see this first weekend, I'm seeing these scores. It looks like it's advantage pitchers. Yeah. With this pitch clock, because the scores are way down. It's, I mean, the Twins played a couple two nothing games. Uh, there's a lot of three one, four one, uh, two nothing, two one games. And I wonder if the the hitters are actually thrown off more by this pitch clock than the pitchers are. So bet the under, see if you can uh, get a little advantage here early in the season before the lines adjust. I think. Yeah, I've been just see where the Astros finish because uh, they can't. They don't have time to steal signs anymore. They can't steal the. They yeah. can't steal the pitch sign. They don't have exactly. Time. Yeah, they should should it. <laughs> Should have done this years ago. Um, all right, last one in the Daily Three. You brought this up on KFAN yesterday. We filled in for Dan Barrero on Sunday's sermons. The Vikings were power ranked eighth mm-hmm. on PFF's pre-draft power rankings. What do you think about that? Number eight, too high, too low, or just right? I think it's just right. I think. I mean, here's the problem with these early things anyway. It says pre-draft, so they're already like throwing in an asterisk by it. Like, okay, this is pre-draft. We don't know what's going to happen in the draft. And honestly, when you think about the draft, the Vikings only have five picks. So what can they really get out the draft that's going to like help them stay there? But like it's only going to take like some of these teams with these early first round picks to jump them because the Panthers, when they get C.J. Stroud, they're going to put them up in the top 15, I'm guessing. Um, you know, and, and all the pieces they're adding when the Packers or the Jets, the Jets, if the trade happens with Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden, boom, he's going to be up there. Um it's it's it, to me I get it, but you look at the NFC, the teams in front of the Vikings right now, and I think it's right. You got the 49ers ahead of the Eagles. I don't get that one, but I whatever. But you got the 49ers, Eagles, uh, and then you got the Cowboys, and then you have the Vikings. So you have the Vikings finish fourth in the uh in the deal. That means they play the five, um, because three plays the six, two plays the seven. So that means they would play the five seed. So they get to host a home game for the playoffs. I think 13 wins, nothing changed. They got, like you said, they got, you said, your, I liked your comment. They got rid of some pieces. Uh, the pieces they added weren't technically better, but they filled void. So eighth, I think right now is just right. We'll see what happens after the draft, though. I think they're going to, I don't know if there's something at the 23 spot they really need, unless something just happens. Like, again, Anthony Richardson ends up there. Or there's a quarterback. You're like, whoa, I didn't think this guy would drop because Aaron Rodgers wasn't supposed to drop to 24. So, there could be a could be a quarterback that drops all of a sudden. One of the guys we all are high on, and then he ends up sitting in the green room like Aaron Rodgers did. So you never or or Lamar Jackson, you know, same thing. Like he sat there till the end. So you just never know. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's just right. I don't know. What are your thoughts? 
I thought it was actually a little higher than I expected. I thought that the Vikings would kind of drop in the power rankings just because of the guys they lost. People mm -hmm. kind of cold on them after the playoff exit in the first round. So, um, uh, so pleasantly surprised actually by that ranking. Like I said on the radio yesterday, Brian Flores is the key to this whole thing. If yeah. Brian Flores can fix the defense, even with some pieces that might not be as good as they, they had last year with Dalvin Tomlinson and Patrick Peterson and Eric Kendricks, uh, that could be the difference maker. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for us today on the Ron Johnson Show. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Maxwell. We want to thank you guys. Also, FanDuel, we truly thank you for everything you're doing. Please make sure people, championship game tonight, you still got time to go get those bets for the thing. There's a lot of prop bets. There's parlays, over, under, point score, players that are going to score certain points, blah, blah, first shot, all that. Go check it out on FanDuel.com. Backslash Locked On, as that is our official sponsor right now for Locked On Sports. I'm Ron Johnson. Again, that's Sam Maxwell. And remember, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you go to iTunes, Spotify, uh, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts, just hit the follow and subscribe button to the podcast because we truly enjoy it. But every time we upload a show or a little small 13-minute clip, you'll get it right there on your podcast feed. I want to thank you. Have a great day. <laughs>